This is part two of our two-part interview with Watts of Love founder, Nancy Economo. We're picking up in this episode where we left off last episode, where Nancy is sharing the powerful story of the word Zoteca and how it means it's possible and how Watts of Love is creating freedom by teaching financial literacy and bringing solar lights to some of the most impoverished countries around the world. Let's pick back up in the interview where Nancy is sharing the powerful story about the word Zoteca. So here's the million dollar question. How are people like us who don't settle for the status quo, who value freedom and a life without limits? How do we create extraordinary results in the key areas of life, yet skip the fear, stress, and anxiety that produces regret? This is the question and this podcast will give you the answer. I'm your host, Tom Herman, and welcome to the Attractively Different Podcast. Zotega, you know, we, we kind of launched through this journey, Tom, you know, God has kind of given me a, a bigger vision of empowering my local partners through relationship and kind of like a franchise model where I'm which was able to let us thrive during the global pandemic. And we launched this before COVID. So it was in 2019 in Malawi, where my local partner, we were really training him like the Watts of Love way, how we educate, how we distribute. Everything is extremely intentional. And he was getting up and he, his father was a chief. So is, you know, a, a chief's son. And he was standing up in front of the crowd and, you know, the Watts of Love team was watching him sitting there and he raised his fist in the air and he yelled, Zotega. And I'd never heard this word before. And then the crowd yells back, Zotega. And he yells it again. And there's this rally cry going back and forth. And I'm like, what is happening? Like, I, I, I couldn't understand it because I had never seen anything like this. And so I said, Francis, what, what are you saying? What does Zotega mean? He goes, he looks at me, he goes, oh, it's possible. And he said it like, oh yeah, like, you know, he's telling these people like, it's possible. You can get a chicken. It's possible. You can save your money. It's possible. You can get a pig, a goat, a tin roof. And I thought, Zotega, like what a powerful word. Now, what I have learned since then is that it's one of the top three most powerful words in Malawi that the president, the last time he ran, it was his rally cry as well. So, and you have to say it like Zotega, like it's, you know, it's possible. Like, you know, and so I just love the African culture because it's, it has such meaning to them. And we have really embraced that. And, and, you know, I, I carry that in my heart because I think it's possible for us to impact nations. I believe it's possible for us to eradicate darkness through solar lights and get to the, the poorest people on the planet. It's possible that they can raise themselves out of poverty. And I want to share one story um, that really encouraged me in Uganda. Again, in 2019, we were in this remote area in Uganda and we had given lights out. And I was back there in, in November, so five months later in 2019. And I was distributing lights and 
you know, we're very intentional with, okay, you know, if we have 250 lights, we have 250 families. We don't want a bigger crowd because I want to make sure that everyone receives a light. So we try and make sure the whole village receives lights. But I look over and I see three ladies sitting by themselves, just big smiles on their face, not getting lights. And I'm like, huh, that's kind of strange. So I go over and I said, you know, what are you, you know, hi, how are you? Are you getting lights today? And they said, oh no, we're not getting lights today. We got lights in June and we just want to see our fellow village people receive their lights. And I'm like, oh, like, so that, you know, I'm a curious person by nature. And I'm like, well, can I come in here, you know, and find out what you've been able to do in the last five months? Oh, sure. So I go back after the distribution to this woman's house. And her name is also Ruth. And she's sharing that her husband had died, her two children had passed away of AIDS, and she is now responsible for 12 of her grandchildren. She's raising all of them. And she said, when I received my light in June, she said, I could barely feed my children or my grandchildren. I could not pay for their education, couldn't buy books. She was barely, barely surviving. And she said, but I knew that this light was going to change my life. I didn't know how, but I listened to what they were educated, the education. And we have everyone leave with a piece of paper, which I kind of call the vision board, which is the, you know, the chickens, the goats, the pigs. And I make them physically circle what their big dream is. Cause I don't want people to leave with the tool, the light. I want them to leave with vision because they need independence that they can do it themselves and the belief. And so she ran into her house, grabbed her piece of paper, and you can see she had a chicken and the number 10 next to it. Then she had a pig, and then she had a cow, and our dreams, those four things were not big enough for her, and she hand drew in a tin roof. So in five months, she said, I started buying a chicken, my chicken started laying eggs, I had my grandchildren selling the eggs in the market. My chicken had more chickens. I had 10 chickens and I sold it for a pig. My pig got pregnant and had piglets. So this is in five months, she's telling me this journey. And what I love about it is it's poverty alleviation in one generation. So now her grandchildren are seeing this grandmother who had lost hope five months earlier. And now she is showing her children, grandchildren, how to be entrepreneurs, what to do. And I, you know, she's paying for their education. She's paying for their books. And she looked at me and she said, Nancy, you see my thatched roof behind me? She said, if you come back in one month, that thatched roof is going to be a tin roof. And so what I want is for people to be independent, to know when they receive the light that they have the tools to do it themselves. They have the vision for where they're headed and they can do it whether we show up again in two months or never, but they have that opportunity. And, you know, Tom, that's what propels me forward. It's not handing out lights. It's not the education. It's seeing the pride and the self-worth and the dignity that they have by doing it themselves.
yeah once again just like goosebumps listening to those transformations and it, it makes me think about like the verse in ephesians 5 that talks about redeeming the time and i've talked a little bit about it on the show but i didn't always know what that meant like was it was it mean by redeeming the time especially because the days are evil like and it says the verse says see then that you walk um circumspectly or wisely not as fools redeem the time because the days are evil when i looked up those words like what do they actually mean the word redeem is to like buy back or like rescue from loss um when i looked up time it's actually a greek word that has no english equivalent and it means opportunity like so it's not like a succession of minutes like we think for of time but it's like this opportunity and it's like, well, what does it mean the days are evil? When I looked up evil, like the root word of that word in Greek is like strife or like striving. And so it's like, when I kind of like put those definitions in there, it's like walk not as fools, but as wise, like rescuing from loss or buying back this opportunity because the days are full of strife or they're full of striving. And it's so powerful to think about the model that you're educating them with. Like you're truly helping them redeem the time because they're now able to like compound it and generate profits and not just exchange their money for kerosene, you know? And so I personally think that like this entrepreneurial model is just in life is how we choose to redeem the time. Because when you own a business, you can generate profits versus wages you just exchange and so if like if to me like satan's programming or like the enemy's programming is to get us in this idea of like i'll exchange my time for money so someday i can stop right. and so we do that for 40 50 years to stop but it's like no if we have the mindset of walking wisely and redeeming the time then i can get myself out of that pressure and actually walk in my assignment that god has created me to walk in and impact his kingdom and so it's like super powerful where it's like those principles that concept like god's model works here in america it just maybe looks differently with dollar bills and businessmen versus in malaya where it's chicken and cows and exchanging eggs but it's the same core principles Thanks. and in god's nature it's simple and <laughs> People will look at the lots of love model and they go, oh, it's so simple. It is. And, and I think God is simple and we're the ones who complicate it. And, you know, when I was learned, like looking at the whole financial literacy, I'm like, people are worth the same everywhere. Mm -hmm. Like what happens here in America? We pay off our student loan. We pay off our car. Oh, huh, what happened to that $200 a month? I don't know. It just disappears, right? Unless you have a vision. So it was the same thing with them is they eliminated the kerosene and that money just disappeared. The concept is the same. Now you're just gonna take that money and refocus it to the chicken. We're here in America, you're gonna take that student loan and you're gonna refocus it to investing in a property or like, you know, it just, it's opportunity it is, it's what you do and it's what I do. <laughs> it's just, it's the same thing. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. And 
the one thing that I love about it, and I'd be curious to get your opinion on this, this thought. Um, but I, I believe that there's a narrative that is driven by, you know, the enemy to around like the idea of business and like prospering your money, that it can be like a negative, have a negative connotation to it. Um, and one place that I've observed that is even in the term giving back. So a lot of people who are successful or it's like, it's always, you know, like you look at an athlete who succeeded, they, they quote unquote, give back to their community. Well, looking at the verbiage that they use, what does that imply? If they're giving something back, what does it imply? That they took something. And so even in the narrative of the culture of business, if someone's successful, there's this idea of like, oh, we took something to like get ahead. So to make it right in myself, I'm gonna quote unquote, give back so that I don't feel as bad for taking. So like I said, this, this is just kind of my perspective, but like when you look at God's model, you know, he, he says, be generous on all occasions. And when we're generous, like in generosity, everybody wins. It's not like equaling the score of since I took, I need to like make it even. So I'm going to give back. Like, so to me, like even hearing your story, it's like the idea of giving back would be like, well, send them a thousand lights, distribute them. Like I've done a good thing versus you being generous with your time, with your energy and your emotions. It's like you're being transformed in their transformation. And when you're generous on all occasions, it's like everybody's winning and it's multiplying, like it's growing. And so that may be a new thought to you as far as the idea of generous versus giving back. Um, but no, I'd be curious to hear just being in this space of, you know, philanthropy type work. Um, what are your thoughts on that and kind of the nuances of that? It, right, you always struggle and especially <laughs> starting a new non-for-profit, not, not having money. I constantly felt like, well, I can't give out that many lights. I need to hold on to in case I, in case something else happens, or I need to go. I'm like, what the heck am I? What? <laughs> like, it was ridiculous, right? But I had the fear of not having enough. Or will I get more donations? Will I be able to survive? Will I, I want to be in it for the long haul? And I thought, you know, what is God's nature? And he wants, you know, I'm probably not the first person he asked to start Watts of Love, but I'm the first person that said yes, right? Like, I think he probably gave this idea to other people. But I have to stay in tune with what he's calling me to do and, and be generous. And so Watts of Love is a secular non-for-profit intentionally because I want everyone. And I, and I felt like that was God's heart with me. Just everyone is welcome. Light shines on all equally. And so I had to carry that mindset of, I will always have enough. Hmm. I'm going to give out as much as I can. I'm going to try and keep it as fair as equal as I can. Right. And, you know, it was, it was hard. And I had, and I, I'm going to share a story because until you get in, you know, we struggled. I had five boys and 
there was a point where I'm like, okay, do I start this non-for-profit or not? Because, you know, no, I wasn't getting paid. It was just, it was trying to grow something. And when I finally made the full commitment, like I'm going for this 110%, (laughs) five boys, I come home one night, I wake up one morning and our car is gone from the driveway. And I'm like, huh, where's our car? And it actually was stolen here in Downers Grove from our driveway, stolen. And I thought, okay, God, what does it look like now that our car is gone? How do I get another car without having, you know, a salary? And, you know, it was just, but you know what? I shared this story. This, it was so amazing to watch. This is in 2015. And I was in this position of like feeling like I don't have enough money. What am I going to do? And I call a friend and she said, you know what, Nancy, come and get my car. I have felt like God has been telling me for a year. And if you don't come and get it, I'm being disobedient. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like she had a really nice car like heated seats, heated steering wheel, love. I mean, it was fabulous. I'm like, first of all, thank you for being generous. Just the fact that you said you're willing to do that. And she said, no, you need to come and get it. You have to come and get it. So it was very humbling for me, but her generosity, and she felt like she had been disobedient for a year because she had been having this feeling. So allowing her, right, to be generous because it's her relationship with God, but then it also blessed me. I spoke to a pastor who I was friends with and just sharing that my car was stolen and somebody was generous. And he says, actually, Nancy, I have another car for you. I'm like, what? (laughs) He said, I heard that your car is stolen. (laughs) And I'm like, no way. Somebody donated another car. I'm good. He's like, no, you need to take it. So I got a second car. And a week later, The stolen car was returned to us. What I can tell you is God is so extravagant. But until we're in those situations and we're trusting and we're, we're generous with our time, we're generous with what he's given us and then allowing people to be generous with us. I think that's kingdom thinking. And so it's just a fun story to share. And encourage people. Yeah. He doesn't need money to provide <laughs> resources, right? Yeah. He doesn't need money to provide where in our minds, it's like, oh, I need X amount of dollars to live. And I see yeah. X amount of dollars coming in. Like there are obstacles that get put in the way that, that don't make sense. And so it's just a a really encouraging thing to see where it's like, those are faith builders, right? When you see God show up in such a radical way where he basically tripled your car a lot. (laughs) (laughs) And I have five boys. So I had a lot of drivers. (laughs) Where um, there was something that I heard the other day is actually yesterday driving in. I had my wife text it to me while we were driving it's like Texas to me because I need to write it down. Um, but it was saying that there are things in life that we think are bad because we don't know their purpose. 
you know, and so it's like in your story, we could see my car is stolen. This is awful. And it's like, what if the purpose of the car being stolen was to provide two extra cars in a way that you would have never thought possible? And it's like, if we know those things ahead of time, obviously we'd be excited for them. Like, yay, someone stole my car. But I think that God <laughs> wants our hearts to be in that place when he says, be joyful yeah. all the time in every situation. Like, what if we just know that like, which I think it starts at the core of if we truly believe that God is good, then we know that it's either this or something better. Yes. It's either one car or more, <laughs> like however he's going to do it, you know, it's this or something better. I, and who could have ever imagined? And I think, so it was such a huge blessing to me, but I also think it's a lesson for generosity and people who can be generous. Like it was just as much of a lesson for my friends who blessed me. Absolutely. And I, I had the privilege of seeing that. So yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, so there's there's a lot to unpack in that, but thank you for sharing that story. That's super, <laughs> super powerful. And I think those are, I did an ep episode, a show, I can't remember where it was. I'll post the show in the show notes for people who are interested where it was titled, like what needs to change in Christians. And it's when it comes to like this faith thing, when I say faith thing, like air quotes, in order for someone to like change, two things need to be in place. They need to see what's in it for them. And they need to see proof beyond a reasonable doubt. And if those two things are there, it's like change can happen in an instant, right? And I've just talked about as believers, we're really good at sharing what's in it for them. Like what God has provided for them, there's you know, eternal life, whatever. But when they look at our lives and it looks very similar to their struggle, divorce rate, you know, you know, whatever it is, when people look at the church and it looks so similar to the world, there's not this proof beyond unreasonable doubt of like, oh, why would I want your life? It's like, I'm just going to change your struggles with my struggles. And so my point is by you sharing that story, it's helping people create exposure and evidence of like, no, I, I do want that life. Like, like the abundant life that Jesus promises in, you know, John 10, 10, where he says he came to give us life to the full. People could look at me and like, my car got stolen. Like, that's awful. And yet it came back threefold. Like, yeah. And it's like, God was using that as an opportunity for other people to, like, everyone wins again, right? It's like your friends won because they got to be part of your story, but also got to like take action on their faith. And it's a God story. They got. Yeah. They got to be, and you know, and I'll tell, I'm just going to share one more quick story with you. Please. When I started Watts of Love, I really, Tom, I lost a lot of friends. Like just things started shifting, right? And people didn't understand, why are you doing this? You know, who are you giving away lights? What do you, like, it was just a lot of different things. And I think the status quo of, Oh, let's go get a massage and a pedicure and you know, I love all those things. Don't get me wrong. But I think what happened is people started feeling uncomfortable. 
Like I'll never forget I went to dinner and somebody goes, oh, you're out saving the world. And my goal for this year was just to learn to play euchre. And it made, and what I do was never intended to make you feel less than. So what I say to people who do travel with me, because we bring global travel teams, if you have an abundance, if you are living the American lifestyle, there is no guilt. In fact, you can't, we can't impact the bottom 1% unless we have the top 1%. It's what you do and how you bless and how generous you are. Being wealthy or creating wealth is a gift. It's not a curse unless you hold on to it. So I just, you know, I just always want to encourage people. You find, you align yourself with people that are like-minded. You are inspired by what they do and you bless the socks off them. <laughs> and the more you do that, the more it really, it's not to get more. It's just to be part of the guy's story. Right. In which I think part of that response that people may have, I think is kind of twofold. I think because the narrative of like the idea of like giving back or like we're taking something when we generate wealth, that the idea that it's limited, I think is so pervasive that people like believe that. And so the, like the idea that they're spending their money at a spa versus saving money, like, like they see it as in order for one to win, someone has to lose. So me going to a spa means I'm winning and these people in Malawi are losing. And so there's guilt behind it, right? Yeah. When you see like the way God set up the universe, like it's ever expanding. Like what's the potential of one apple seed? An entire, an entire apple orchard. Right, exactly. Like it's not just one apple. Like even the humans, you look at our brain, it's like it's designed to be ever expansive. So like when you can change the mindset of like it being a both and versus an either or, then you can fully enjoy the spa, enjoy the golf, and be super generous on all occasions. Yes. Because everybody's winning versus this narrative. And you know, the enemy is so subtle. One last thing. And then I want you to kind of share how people can find out more about Watts of Love and where they can connect with your organization and, you know, give if they feel that's a place for them. Um, but I want to talk about like the idea, and you'd mentioned that maybe God had given the idea of Watts of Love to other people. And like when the lady came to you at your house and she was like, act on that. And it was so heavy for you. If you can talk a little bit about what your life would have looked like had you not taken action. I mean, I know we can, I know we can kind of see what maybe the difference would have been for like the people in Malawi who never received the lights. Like that's pretty easy, but for someone who does have something that's like maybe heavy on their heart, compelling them and they haven't taken the action, they can obviously see the positive fruit of when they, when you do, but like, if you can kind of imagine the opposite, like what would your, what would your life look like had you not, taking action on it. I well, I'll tell you what would be missing. The, for me, it has been, it's the journey that I, that I get to partner with God. And that relationship and that experience that I've had, I, 
I'm so grateful. Mm. At the end of the day, if it was all about me, <laughs> having that experience and the witnessing him, like, and I'm still, people are like, well, Nancy, you know, when you get these cars or, you know, our building was donated to us. Like, I literally am seeing miracles. And, and I'm shocked. I'm like, he's real i'm still today i'm like i know he's real but i still am in awe of what he does and i would i'm so thankful i have the awe i'm so thankful i have a relationship i'm so thankful that i get to steward a god vision so i'm i'm grateful i cannot imagine and my life would have been fine, right? I wouldn't, you know, you don't know what you don't know. But I'm so grateful I, I, I said yes, because it has, what I'm now seeing is it's impacting my children. My son's becoming a doctor. He's just lived in the bush in Malawi for two months. My other son is in Malawi right now. He's creating a, a film documentary on child brides and bringing them lights. And so my yes, is changing generations and showing my boys that your mom, their mom had a big vision and a big dream. And I don't want, I want them to live limitless. Hmm. And ultimately it's their choice. But I'm, I think for me, the biggest loss would be the lesson that it's taught my children. Again, it goes back to the, my mother's heart. I don't know if, I don't know if people heard it, but you answered it beautifully, one in the sense of what would be missing, but also you said my life would be fine. And it's like, what if fine is actually the worst case scenario? It is. <laughs> and so it's this illusion that, oh, like I'm gonna keep the status comfortable. quo. Comfortable. Right. And we don't even realize because we think worst case scenario is having my car stolen out of my driveway, not knowing how I'm going to pay my bills, like living this journey that God wants to take us on. And I can attest, like last year, the journey that my wife and I went on as far as like launching our businesses and being full-time entrepreneurs, I'll tell people that like that process and the refining journey actually saved my faith because I didn't even really, it wasn't like I was going to walk away from my faith, like Christianity, but I didn't even know that it was as numb as it was because I had created such, I'd created the world where a world and environment where God didn't need to show up. It was once again, that life where I can tell you the evidence of what, the, how it will benefit you, but proof beyond reasonable doubt, like, and where we now have stories where God has shown up in big radical ways where it's like, okay, tell me more about how that happened. Like, because I need some more of that hope. I need, I want to serve a God who is super powerful and can do these great things. And I, I tell people similar, like what you're just saying, it's like the journey actually has saved my walk with the Lord in a way that I didn't even know was there because I had pursued this idea of, you know, being fine, being okay, meeting the standard. And so, yeah, it's a very, very powerful answer and which I think everybody, I think we're created to have that 
desire. So, you know, if it's being unsettling to people as far as if they are fine, it's like, I think once again, it's pulling them to excellence in that walk where God wants us to trust him with, with everything because he has great, amazing plans and a purpose that is super fun. It is. <laughs> it is. So um, thank you so much for your time. Share with, share with us, where can people learn more about Watts of Love? Where can they um, get involved, donate, be part of the cause, you know, help this transformation that's happening? Yeah, absolutely. So there's a few different ways. We have a new website uh, that just launched last week. It's www.wattsoflove.org. Um, so you can go on and read about Watts of Love on our website. But there's really three ways that people can get involved. There's champion, you know, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, invite others to be part of what we're doing. Um, and also um, sponsor a family to get, get a family light. It's $50. So we love people to participate and be part of the solution. And then also really travel with us. You know, I... There's no greater purpose. Like I love distributing lights. It's, it's my passion, but I love to bring people in the field and having them see the impact of Watts of Love, how things are done with excellence, as you were saying, and then they bring that back and apply it to their own life. And, you know, whether they're with Watts of Love for the rest of their life or they go on to, you know, with nursing school, it just, what I can tell you is going and seeing how you can impact the world is transformative whether you know and for young people I in their 20s I say it's the best investment that you can make in yourself and don't feel like if you're a mom oh I could never leave my children you know what it starts with you and your children will see their mom doing something amazing or your or a dad we always feel like I don't have enough time I don't have enough money but it's an investment in your future and it can change generations. So I encourage anybody who would like to travel with us to be part of this solution. Awesome. Thank you so much, Nancy, for being generous with your time. Thank you for what you're doing just for the kingdom and across the world. And um, yeah, just every everything that you guys are doing is super exciting. I'm glad I could be here to help showcase kind of what you're doing and share your message. And the last thing I would just say, as far as like, if someone does have that heaviness, as far as doing something and like taking action, what words of encouragement would you say to that person as far as pushing forward and pursuing that vision that God has put in their heart? Yeah, I would say, you know, especially if you're feeling that burden, you know, and it does feel like a weight is believe that there's something greater and just start taking the first step. And what I will tell you, it usually doesn't wind up looking like what you thought it was. But for me, it was opening doors and all the doors that I would open, maybe I'd open three or four different doors in any you know logos, whatever it was, that first step opening the doors and you will see the blessing on one of those doors. And so I always follow what that blessing is and you, you know, and just follow his path and keep going. That's awesome. 
once again, thank you so much for your time. Um, once again, I'll put a link in the show notes just on the website as far as how people can get connected. Um, so hopefully you found this information valuable. If you did, please rate the show, subscribe, leave a review. The ratings and review help make the show uh, get more exposure to help more people. And I think this episode, more than probably any other we've done, is an indication that everything you do matters. God has a specific assignment for you. So go rule that assignment, serve his people. Hey everyone, it's Tom again. And I wanted to ask you a quick question. On a scale from one to 10, how confident are you that you know God's purpose for your life? I mean, there can be a lot of confusion around this topic. So I went ahead and created a life purpose roadmap to help you gain clarity on your purpose. You can download your free PDF, Life Purpose Roadmap, at attractivelydifferent.com backslash purpose. It'll walk you through the seven simple steps to prospering in your purpose. Also, for the next 40 days, I'll be sending you a daily email guide that will help you unlock the full power of the roadmap. These emails are designed to make it that much easier for you to implement the roadmap and succeed in your God-given assignment. It's free. Just go download the Life Purpose Roadmap PDF at attractivelydifferent.com backslash purpose.